the way that you set that up initially with you know humans have unique skills i think it was a fantastic liam neeson impression from taken where it's right. i have a very unique set of skills and <laughs> i will find you so you put all the machines and algorithms on watch and i i really there do we go. That, that, that we will never be replaced um Welcome, welcome everyone. It is Thursday and you know what that means. It is time for Talent Experience Live, the show that covers everything that you need to know in talent acquisition, recruitment, talent management, human resources, and everything in between. I, of course, am your host, Devin Foster. And today we are talking about empowering people driving success and the impact of skills data in modern organizations. And I'm super excited about this. There has been a ton of really banter on the internet around skills and how organizations can take a look at their skills ontology and, and where they need to improve, where employees need to improve and, and everything in between. We have an expert today who is going to talk about really understanding skills as a whole and optimizing talent allocation uh, to foster innovation and meet market demands because it seems no matter how much you do, the market always demands more. Uh, so neglecting its risks and uh, of having skills gaps and everything in between, reducing uh, you know, talent loss and all of those sorts of things. So I am going to be joined by Alora Kantorovich in just a moment. But as you all know, we like to start off these episodes with a bit of an icebreaker. So I want to ask you, as we bring Laura onto the show, uh, what is one skill that you wish that you had? I know for me, uh, I would love to to know how to change car brakes. I hear it's very easy. Um, it's very expensive if you get it done at a mechanic. An oil change, I can do that. But I think the next step in in me becoming a true gearhead is to change breaks. So let me know what 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 what's one skill that you would like to have in the comments section. And we're going to bring Laura on to chat a little bit more about empowering people and driving success uh, through the impact of data in modern organizations, skills data in modern organizations. Laura, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing very well. Very, very well. Uh, I want to ask you our icebreaker question is what is one skill that you wish you had? I see Maggie chimes in in the comment section and says drawing slash sketching. Uh, so how about you, Laura? Is there any, any skills that you'd like to add to your tool belt? Um, of course, many. Um, <laughs> I would love to add... Um, right now I'm trying to learn how to caulk. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Like I, I think it, leaks are never good. Um, so that that's an, that's an important skill. Um, yeah, that's my, my lifestyle skill. I'm, I'm going to go on YouTube and try to figure that out. And then yeah, YouTube work, university, YouTube university, exactly mm -hmm. in work, um, or more in the, the professional setting, I think one of the skills that I'm working on right now is um, public speaking, actually. And so oh, okay. I'm not very fearful when it comes to public speaking, but trying to up my proficiency in it a little bit. 
um, and get a little bit more expert uh, in some of the best practices when speaking in front of a lot of of people as we have to do at Phenom. Um, yes. Kind of the skill that I'm trying to to learn. Yeah, learn all the the nifty tricks with what to do with your hands and all sorts of stuff. And yeah, I I always notice that in keynotes. Anyway, neither here nor there. Um, that's awesome. I, I those are both wonderful skills to have. Uh, Maggie, so is uh, drawing and sketching. So just pick up a pen, draw, doodle a little bit now during during TXL. Write down your thoughts. Um, but uh, Laura, today we're talking about about skills, right? Overall, and I, I think it's tough to start the conversation without first recognizing some change that organizations have had. Maybe you want to say over the past three years due to the pandemic, but overall, I think we've seen a lot more organizations put, a, I want to say, a, a highlight on folks' success, right? Uh, they Organizations have shifted priorities, not just to organizational success where you want to have a, a better ROI, better revenue, the whole nine, but also they're, they're focusing on really the people that make up that company success. What do you think are, are some of the factors um, that are contributing to this and, and why has it happened over time? So I think um, we are in a space now where we're able to understand the value that individuals are able to bring to organizations and the unique skills that they have and understand that somebody's own personal aspirations can actually be aligned to organizational aspirations as well and build a mutually beneficial kind of experience for all. And the reason why we're kind of moving to that space is, you know, it's important to retain people. We know that it's important to retain people. We know the time it takes to hire new individuals. And so I think it's an amalgamation of all of this different information that is really driving organizations to, really invest in how they can make that happen. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. And I think the, the one thought that I always have with it is organizations don't stay the same, right? I, if you look at, I think a fantastic example of um, it being Apple, right? Started with a home computer, right? Now it is a cell phone. It is headphones. It is watches. It is everything in between, right? They, they grow. And that's, that's a tech example, but it's the same thing with, you know, printing paper and all of these other organizations, they're constantly growing and evolving, right? So you want your employees to do the same as well. But in order to do that, you kind of have to understand where employees stand, right? If you hired somebody under this a pretense that your organization, let's say, for example, just built career sites, didn't do anything else. And now you're expanding into, I don't know, an intelligent talent experience platform that works across the employee experience and recruiter experience and everything in between. You have to understand what skills your, your organization has at that point in time, right? So what are the current methods that are used to, to quantify and really leverage skills data within organizations? Absolutely. Um, and it's interesting. It's the, the current methods are super challenging. Um, and also I think act as a bit of a trigger word for a number of different organizations where we say skills, but people kind of want to take a step back because the current methods haven't really worked. Right. Mm -hmm. Historically, what happens within talent management spaces as they are asked to identify what the skills are within their organization they meet with every single department. They identify the key functional roles in the department. 
then they map competencies and skills to those specific roles. Then they map proficiencies to each competency. And then they kind of publish what these sort of like skill ontologies look like. And that's just for one department. Then they have to do it for every single department over and over and over again. And we have some um, really interesting statistics which say that for a company that is about 20,000 employees, in order to complete that process, it takes about two years. It's a long time. And the reason why it's because become such a trigger word is once this has been completed, if it gets completed, um, the architecture that has been built out to map what these skills are is actually completely different. Something like generative AI comes onto the market and all of a sudden your marketing skills that are required for your organization have completely shifted, right? And not only is that architecture completely um, potentially out of date, but your managers don't really know what to do with that information. Neither do your talent managers. You kind of now have this data and you're like, what, what do I do with it? Right. So that's what's happened currently. That's why there are some um, organizations that are very um, trepidatious about standing up a skill ontology overall because they've kind of gone through this cycle and they think they're going to have to continue doing this again, even though there are a lot of um, changes in technology that are enabling us to completely approach it a different way. Um, But that's what's happened to date. Um, And it's really, because we're doing it manually, it's really hindering us from understanding who people are in the organization. And going back to our initial topic of, if you don't really know who people are, what their aspirations are, what their skills are, how are you going to align their particular needs to the organizational needs? And how are you going to then retain people? So that's kind of what the OG way, as we like to say, has been and what's been happening um, historically and what we see when we talk to kind of a lot of our, our clients. You know, it, it, it makes sense. What it makes me think of is moving into a new house, right? You move into a new house, you have an idea of where the couch will go, an idea where the entertainment center will go. And over time, as you live in that house or as you gain employees and build products, things change, right? You add a new department, you buy a new end table, you have candles, right? And then you go to do this deep clean, if you will. You're, you go to get your skills ontology and you're like, I used to have the perfect place for this widget. It no longer fits there because I bought a record player or whatever it may be, right? And like, you have to constantly restart, especially if you're not maintaining that cleanliness throughout. So to your point, if you're looking for those skills, yes, it is a bit of an undertaking initially, but am I way wrong to say that once you get it done completely and you've dedicated what used to be that two years, you're in a better place when you continue to build out those skills and uh, hopefully help employees evolve. It, am I right or wrong there? Like, is no. it is that analogy of a clean house a good one or, or way off? No, I think I, I don't think it's off at all. What I would maybe to continue the analogy, what I would say is your candlesticks or your vases or your couch, these are all foundational elements to make your house feel like a home. Skills are data that help you understand how, who your employees are, right? They are foundational. I'm going to be very um, explicit to say that skills is actually just the beginning of the process. 
to understand who people are, we need a lot more information to understand how to map your employee aspirations, strengths, motivation, so on and so forth to your roles. You're going to need a lot more information, but skills is that starting point. And to your point, it is that foundational element that if once you understand how to start um, or understand what that data is, you then can continue to grow and continue to kind of evolve and mature in making your house or home. And also to make sure that your organization is leveraging your employees in the most productive way possible and retaining them through the, through the kind of process of building loyalty um, and building that kind of alignment and relationship. No, that, that, that makes, makes total sense. I'm glad I wasn't completely, you know, out on, out on the range there with that uh, analogy, but the, the other aspect that is always brought up when skills are discussed is uh, obviously the benefits for the employee, right? Is, is helping them find that next really passion, that next role, that next step in their career. But that traditionally for HR teams has always been a bit of a challenge, right? It's creating that transparency for employees to raise their hand and say, Hey, I, I don't really want to be in, you know, sales anymore. I don't want to be in marketing anymore. I want to take that next step. Um, how can organizations kind of circumnavigate both of that and say, we understand we want our employees to grow, but we also want to provide the transparency that, that shows them that they can. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and again, this is where automating how you enable folks to understand what their skills are and also document what they are is really important, right? Mm -hmm. So for employees, right, if we're talking about why it's important for employees to understand this information about themselves, you know, to be able to understand what your unique skills are and then ask your manager and then ask your peers to validate those skills is obviously um, a good exercise in self-reflection and self-awareness, right? But then for talent managers and people managers to be able to take that data and say, okay, based on this individual's skill set and based on their aspirations, where and how can we move them into different places in the organization is where we start actually talking about how do you take this data and start making actionable insight off of that. And so that's really the crux of the conversation here in terms of skills. How do you start aggregating or understanding what all of that data is in an automated fashion and then incorporating it and integrating it into your workflow so that you can make smart, actionable insights and actions um, that is going to or that are going to help you create business impact um, at a much faster rate. No, that, that, that's fair, because I, I want to ask you what, what tools or, or methods can be used to aggregate that, because when you, you think of skills, right, um, I know we're live on LinkedIn right now, I kind of think of their skills portion, right, like where it's just a list, right, what do you do with that list at the end of the day, what, how do you aggregate it to a point where you understand that someone with a, a creative skill, uh, a Photoshop skill, um, and a premiere skill, or whatever it may be, is the perfect fit for your creative opening as opposed to, you know, somebody who's proficient in uh, spelling, grammar, whatever it, it may be, right? What Obviously, we're not going to look at uh, what are those the word charts I, I always think of that where it's, you know what I'm talking, it's like on yeah. every second grade classroom ever where it's, 
yes, words like that's I don't think that's really going to paint the picture or visualize skills in the right way for a unique individual. But what will, you know, paint that picture and say, hey, this person has the, you know, tools in their tool belt to move cross department or take that next step? Yeah. So um, obviously there is the self-reflection element of it, right? Being able to say, I've been in this career for a certain amount of time. I can document what my what my skills are. But sometimes it's hard to be reflective or be objective about what your skills are. Oftentimes as humans, we actually don't take into account the skills that we have as being unique. We say everybody will have these skills. They're not necessarily something that um, you know, I should be thinking about, which is a really big um, misconception. Obviously, we all have very different skill sets. Um, and so, but, you know, that self-reflection piece, being able to add those skills, especially, you know, with the Phenom platform, we have a place in our platform where you as a user are able to update what your skills are in our profile and do that kind of constant self-reflection. In addition to that, though, and this is where really AI comes into place, how can you, how can AI and different products and platforms infer what your skills are based on what your experience has been, based on the roles that you've had, based on the interests that you have and the aspirations that you have? And so with the Phenom platform, for example, we actually are able to infer for individuals what their skills are, ask them if they want to incorporate those skills into their little word cloud. Um, and then share what those skills are with other people as well, right? With their managers, with their talent managers, so on and so forth. Um, so those are, are kind of two ways to think about it. You have just inference of skills, and then you also have um, your self-reflective skills as well. Yeah. Which it, the self-reflective skills i think is is probably the most challenging right when when you yeah. mention bringing ai to the the table and and having you know uh, those inferred skills from years of experience and you know job titles and things like that um i, I think there are a lot of people who who may suffer from some sort of imposter syndrome right of you know fake it till you make it i got this far in in my career um how can organizations overcome that um, where someone may have more skills than their job leads on, right? I think of, you know, business development or, or SDRs, right? Where they may have a plethora of skills that AI isn't necessarily going to be able to pick up on right away. How do you encourage that as an organization to say, uh, to extract that sort of data um, and, and get it to, to help your organization overall and help those folks evolve and grow? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, and I'm going to answer it in two parts. I'm going to answer it first in terms of what the organization can do, but then also what individuals can do as well, just so we have the full kind of picture. So from an organizational perspective, what's really key in terms of developing talent, retaining talent, so on and so forth, is to have this sort of triad of individuals where you have your talent manager, your people manager, and your employee all working together in conjunction to document and understand who an individual really is, right? Um, organizations can kind of overcome this sort of uh, self-doubt um, element of an employee by making sure that you have a way to document um, kind of manager feedback 
in a way that's going to be integrated throughout your overall data uh, warehouse, where you're kind of uh, incorporating all of your skill data and your employee data, as well as peers can give that feedback as well, as well as talent managers can give that feedback as well. Historically, we kind of keep all of this information in our heads, right? I know you, I talk to you, Devin, and so in my mind, I can rattle off already um, kind of unconsciously 10 skills that I think that you have or 10 ways where I think you're really unique. Nine, if Nine. we're being honest. No, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, and no, I, but I got you off. You got it. Yeah. And, but it's in my head, right? Yeah. And as a talent manager, if I'm trying to figure out how then to make sure Devin is going to evolve in his career or as a people manager or manager of Devin, I want to be able to reference what everybody kind of thinks of that. So self assessments are obviously incredibly important, but then people and manager assessments that are integrated. And that's the key thing here. Assessments that are integrated back into your holistic data structure so you can make actionable insights when ready and when required is really the thing that organizations can do in order to leverage um, individual skills, you know, as effectively as possible. Makes sense. Um, the the one thing that it, we're kind of talking about here, but I, I think it needs to be addressed is a lot of this stems on your organization's company culture, right? In order to have these very transparent conversations, these very frank conversations that says, hey, you know, this isn't, you know, really what I love to do, right? At, like at the end of the day, that's that's kind of what we're talking about. It's, you know, folks who who may be in a role where they have a unique skill set and it's looking to find what else they can do and how they can help the business. But when you mention, you know, talking to direct reports as well as, you know, colleagues or, or team leads or whoever that, that kind of little circle of folks may be, yeah. I think everyone has to, oh, I, I'm sorry. No. I, was oh, you, oh, oh, <laughs> I thought I cut you off for a second. No, no, no. Um, I, I, I think it, it, you really have to be okay with, you know, hey, Laura was looking to, to move out of this department. I know we love her here in this department, but what skills does she have? You know, what would she not write down on a, on a piece of paper that you think would make her a great fit for X, Y, and Z, right? That's organizational culture that's that's not necessarily something that a lot of technology can fix granted there are tools that can help with it but i i think of the you know a, a ton of analogies where it's you know putting an iphone on a 1984 lamborghini countach right it's just not going to sync up in that way you have to embrace that culture of change am i completely off there like and is that wrong or is there technology that can foster that sort of community and culture um, where it encourages folks to continue to grow and not be looked at in a, a negative way. Absolutely. You're, you're definitely not wrong, right? So organizations that are trying to implement these sort of technologies and skill and, and create themselves to be a skill-based organization, what they're really saying is, I want to be an organization that's creating trust, transparency, and honesty, right? Which can feel whatever fluffy, whatever you want to kind of say. But at the end of the day, that's where people want to work on top of obviously working for an organization that is, you know, a, a growing company that's able to support you from a comp perspective and everything else, right? Um, and when you 
engage on that sort of journey. What you're engaging on is making sure you have the technology to enable something like that. You have consistent data at any given point that you're able to access. You have an experience that everybody wants to use. It's not some outdated UI that people are going to kind of fluster through and, and kind of just think about as like an outdated admin system. But in addition to that, you want to create a holistic structure where there is an understanding of this information is being used for your benefit, right? And for the benefit of the organization. And what's really required in order to support with that is that you do have this end-to-end -end system put in place where you understand, you can detail out who your employees are, who they are, what their aspirations are. You can identify and support based on the aspirations in your organizations. Here are all the careers or roles you could take and kind of detailing out what that path might look like. And then you provide a way for individuals to upskill themselves or learn these consistent skills so that they can continue growing. And then in addition to that, a way for these individuals to apply for jobs that they're interested in mm -hmm. while simultaneously creating that secure system or that secure structure of um, a succession plan, right? Where if somebody wants to move into a new space because you have visibility into what that path may be, you as a talent manager or people manager also are creating a plan for somebody else to move into that space at the same time. So yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say that, that, that makes total sense. I mean, I, it, it has to be ever changing. We talk about omni-channel all the time. We talk about these these growing environments where everything is is kind of changing at rapid speed and you need someone um, to wear 10 different hats, right? Like that's kind of the day and age that we live in as opposed to, you know, putting one part of a widget together on a conveyor line. That's just not how the, the workday is. Even the workday itself isn't a traditional nine to five anymore because we're communicating with folks internationally and in the, the whole nine. So this this all makes sense. The question that I have is, there's going to be organizations out there that say, nope, we like things the way that they are. Um, we've survived for 100 years. We're going to continue to you know, push on for 100 more the exact same way. What happens if they ignore this, this skills data um, and, and uh, eventually suffer decreased engagement? What, what kind of happens to, to those organizations? Yeah. So I would actually say, Skill data, if you're not even thinking about skill incorporating that sort of data at this point, you're already behind, right? Because again, skills are just one part of this larger puzzle of being able to take actionable insight and business insight using data, right? If you're not using data, everybody, you're not a functioning business if you're not using data, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're basically just going off of intuition, I guess. I'm not really sure, but... Listen, I love intuition. I think that's actually also a data set, but you need that comprehensive data set. And that employee data and that employee information is just one part of that, that puzzle. If you are not using and or if you do not have employee data and analytics available to you, and when you say employee analytics and data, what I mean by that is who somebody is by understanding their skills, their competencies, proficiencies for their skills, as well as aspirations to their careers, as well as what they are doing to meet those aspirations. If that data is not available to you in real time, 
you are not going to be able to figure out how to execute your business objectives by leveraging your people in a fast and efficient way. You are going to be losing time and losing productivity if you do not have visibility into all of this information. That's fair. Um, that's really the key of what we're talking about here is how do you mm -hmm. continue to move quickly? How do you continue to make actionable and insightful decisions about your business? And in the process, make sure that you are being a good partner to your employees that you're, that you're working with to make sure that they're growing and evolving at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Monica chimes in in the, the comment section with, what's the easiest way for a company to get started with skills? It's a great question. So the easiest way for a company to get started with skills, and um, we have a number of different ways where we can kind of provide some sort of assessment with you um, based on where you are in this process. But I would say there's one of two ways that are that we think of as easy, right? The first is, to enable your employees to start adding their skills into their profiles, right? Think about this as a self-assessment or user-based skill ontology. And that's always a good place to start. You can start understanding data about your employees, and especially because you probably already have um, data in your ATS and your HCM, all of that information may already have started to be aggregated there. So that's step number one. Step number two, again, with Phenom, you actually don't even need to do anything to get your skills generated for you. Phenom has an out-of-the-box solution where we've been aggregating data over 12 years skill data mapped to job descriptions, skill data abstracted from recruiters, skill data abstracted from industry data, from colleges, universities, where we are able to build an ontology for you based on our out-of-the-box solutions or our own ontology matched with um, the skills that you have associated to the roles um, in your organization. And that's without you having to build an ontology yourself, right? So this is completely out of the box. It's completely automated. Um, and what's great about this is without having to go back and kind of build that departmental uh, skill ontology instead, based on the integrations that you already have, you can kind of build um, and leverage all this information with, with Phenom. So those are the two easiest ways to, to support that. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, one other question that, that I had, because we started to kind of talk a little bit about overall decision making and kind of building all of that together. Um, when does ethics become an issue looking at, at, at all of this? That's a huge can of worms. So we don't have to get into all of it today. But when we, we start to leverage, you know, all of this AI and information to help us make decisions, when does it become an ethical concern? That's a great question. So it becomes kind of an ethical concern once you are, again, not providing that transparency to your employees. So I think you actually almost started answering this question with your initial question of culture, right? Yep. Maintaining and assuring that transparency across your talent managers, your employees, your people managers of how this data is being used. 
Um, so that's kind of foundational, right? Um, and again, ensuring that employees are able to opt in or out, opt out of this information to be used. So that's kind of basic um, best practice when you think about privacy controls and, and overall GDPR compliance, making sure somebody is able to um, have that information, choose whether or not it's visible or not visible. That makes sense. And yeah. I, I, I think the, the one thing that, that people always seem to forget when we start to have these discussions are that the machine at the end of the day doesn't make the decision, right? Like if you are looking to promote folks internally or, or whatever, it is not based upon an algorithm where, oh, they have three out of five skills, automatic move. It's There are still conversations that need to be had. There still has to be that transparency that, that you mentioned. You have to opt into these sort of things, right? Where, yes, we all understand that technology is helping us all out, but I, I equate it to, you know, hopping online and, and ordering dinner, right? At the end of the day, it's going to serve me up what my preferences are. Fingers and everything like that. But at the end of the day, I have to make that decision that says I would like to order that. It's the same thing here. Maybe not the same table stakes that we're talking about, but nonetheless, you know, hiring managers still have to be involved. You know, there are leaders who have to say, hey, this individual has met X, Y, and Z criteria. They're eligible for a promotion or they're eligible for that next step. Am I way off there? Is that a, a common challenge that people, when they think about this and implementing artificial intelligence into their hiring practices and into their skills practices that immediately they think, oh, uh, my job's done here, right? Like, it, does, is that something that happens when you, you have these conversations? Absolutely. Um, this is a common, I think, concern for everybody um, in organizations, but also in our day-to-day -day lives, right? We are seeing rapidly how generative AI is coming onto the market, transforming different organizations, transforming different businesses and the products they're releasing. And we're all kind of like, what's happening? Is that, are we just part of like a sci-fi movie right now that we like watched in the nineties? Um, but, but here's the, the fact of the matter, at least this is my opinion, right? Um, humans have very specific skill sets that machines and generative AI do not have, right? The human interaction is still something that as humans, we want to engage on um, and in. And especially when we're talking about something as delicate as career progression or somebody fulfilling their own aspirations, my assumption is um, machines aren't going to necessarily, or people aren't going to want machines to do that 100%, right, of the time. It is a, we think about it at Phenom as an augmented relationship where automation and AI is providing you with data and actionable insights. And then you as a human being are taking those insights and using your own skill set and your own kind of business processes to execute on them. I'll give an example that I always like to um, relate this to, um, which is maybe similar to your food uh, and ordering food online, but it's like online dating, right? I am not going to just, if I, if I was online dating and there are recommendations that somebody is potentially or an app is giving you, I'm not going to just marry a person of a recommendation that I'm provided, right? I'm going to go on a few dates and we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. So it's a very similar situation there where this is 
um, kind of arming you with information at real time places. And then you as a human and as an organization takes those insights and actions off of them um, using your own unique skill set and your own unique kind of flavor to um, to make it what you need it to be. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, and, and the way that you set that up initially with, you know, humans have unique skills. I think it was a fantastic Liam Neeson impression from Taken where it's, sure. I have a very unique set of skills and <laughs> I will find you. So you put all the machines and algorithms on watch. And I, I really there do. We, go. That, that, that we will never be replaced. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, we're, this has been a fantastic conversation, Laura. I want to ask you any Thing that we neglected to cover today? Any parting shots? Anything that you'd like to share with the audience before we hop off? This was great. Thank you so much for the time. Um, I think the, the final call to action here is really to make sure that your organization or understand where in the maturity process your organization is from a talent management perspective. Are you behind the curve by not even considering skills or kind of still being afraid to engage with skills as um, a people metric or people analytics metric that you should be using. Um, and if so, conversations like these hopefully help. If you're an organization that is ready to take on skills as an additional data set to consider, you know, think about solutions that are going to be automated. Think about solutions that will not require you to have to build out these ontologies yourself because they will not work. They will become outdated very quickly. And if you have an ontology already built out, um, make sure that, and you're kind of thinking about how do you start building this in flow overall, make sure that you think about a platform that supports, again, the employee, the people manager, and the talent manager. So all of this data can live in conjunction in real time um, and can be built into kind of the inflow of work every day. So people are using that experience, um, engaging with it, and creating actionable insights. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Laura, thank you so much uh, for, for joining us today. Um, I know we'll have a, a nice little recap. We'll include some um some resources in the blog and everything along those lines where you can learn more and, and learn everything that you mentioned. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Thursday, Laura, and uh, hopefully we'll get to do this again sometime soon. Okay, cool. Thanks so much. Awesome. All right. Bye. That was Laura from our, uh, excuse me, product team uh, chatting all around skills ontology around how your organization can adopt it. Um, and, and truthfully, how it empowers people drive success uh, in modern organizations. So I want to give a, a special shout out and thank you to Laura. I hope everyone else learned something today. I know I certainly did. Uh, remember, we are here every single Thursday at noon Eastern time on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and on YouTube. Uh, you can always catch the replay on YouTube as well as on Spotify and on Apple Music. Uh, everyone, please be safe. Be healthy, be happy, and we will see you again next week. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Talent Experience Live, of course, is proudly brought to you by the good folks here at Phenom, whose purpose is to help a billion people find the right job. Our intelligent talent experience platform, which helps candidates find the right roles faster, employees evolve in their current roles and beyond, recruiters achieve some next level productivity, and managers build better teams with data and analytics. And of course, all of this is powered by super slick artificial intelligence and machine learning. So head on over to phenom.com to learn more. While you're there, 
check out the promo for I Am Phenom. It is right on the homepage. Don't be afraid to click on it. See who keynote speakers are going to be. See what session tracks are happening and everything in between, including networking and party.